0: Hello and welcome to the Supply Chain Podcast, thank you for joining us today and don't forget to come back every Friday for new episodes featuring leaders in the supply chain. On this week's episode I'm joined by Ken Kaneman, VP of Technology and Supply Chain at Deploy Solutions. Deploy Solutions is a manufacturing software that combines digital manufacturing and industrial IoT solutions to advance your business smart manufacturing goals. Today, we will be discussing the role that technology plays in advancing manufacturing and supply chain operations. So firstly, thank you so much for joining us, Ken. Could you please introduce yourself as well as a little bit about your job role?
1: Sure, thanks Emily. Um, Ken Kaneman, Vice President with uh, TBM Consulting Group and Deploy Solutions. Uh, I lead up our technology and global supply chain practices. So I've been around with the firm for about 15 years, uh, prior to that, I've done a lot of different supply chain roles, both in industry and in consulting. So I've got probably uh, oh, in the neighborhood of thirty-five years of experience in the supply chain world.
0: Amazing! Thank you for that. I'm kind of wondering if you could expand on Deploy Solutions' kind of mission statement and what you provide to businesses, in particular, relation to those in the supply chain sector.
1: Well, sure. So um, look, in simple terms, Deploy Solutions is really um, a, a suite of tools, a solution that helps businesses execute their daily activities better. We help businesses execute better is like what we like to say, All right? And so uh, we mainly focus on manufacturing and distribution companies and everything across their entire operation. So that includes everything from supply chain Through engineering, through manufacturing operations, through warehouse and distribution, um, back into the supply base and and having supplier scorecards. uh, And now getting more and more into this concept of the supply chain control tower, uh, where we can help with our solution be able to see data that is coming from different parts of your supply chain and give you a better understanding of what's happening within the business. Besides that, we can, there's a lot of benefits and, and unique things that Deploy, in our opinion, can do. We can take everything from a company's strategy and their goals around their key KPIs, link that to every single department, be able to understand how they're performing, bring in IIoT and IoT-type data, and be able to bring data from other systems, like suppliers or transportation providers or 3PLs, that now can start to bring together and tell you a story of what is going on within your business. Not only can we tell you what's going on, but where are the abnormalities? Why did they occur? And then more importantly for our executives, what are we doing to fix it? And so, a lot of solutions do bits and pieces of these things, but we've created this ability because of the way that we have taught businesses for 30 plus years as a firm how to do this. Um, we've now digitized that process to help them.
0: Amazing. And this is kind of what I want to touch on really is um, the value of data, in your opinion, obviously is, is essential to your business. How do you um, leverage data to assist these businesses, ensuring they're reaching you know, their goals and their performance measures?
1: Well, if you look at, you know, at data, you typically find organizations have fallen to one or two categories, right? One category is they had a, a ton of information and they have no idea what to do with it. You have the second scenario where a company has no data and they need to get data. And so that is what starts to drive how you can help the organization right? Most like to measure certain things. Um, They like to measure the financials. They like to measure throughput or quality or productivity, right? Other metrics that are in their processes. But where it gets very, very interesting around this is to understand what data makes sense, right? What is it that I really know? And if I knew it, what would I do with it? What would it tell me to do? So, I had a great example of a, of a company that I went to last week, which is a company who has done 10 plus years of, of lean improvement in their organization and made tremendous strides um, in productivity and quality and their service levels to their customers, right? And being able to improve profitability of the business and growing sales. As we got into it, though, what we found is that they wanted to get in, as they call it, smart manufacturing. And they have on their equipment data that can help them improve productivity and quality and take the next step in this journey that they're on to accelerate improvement again. And so when you start to look at it and think about it from that perspective, you're now going, there's data that's existing, that's not being captured, that needs to be captured, that can tell us what's really going on. The obvious things that you can see, for example, in a manufacturing operation or in a warehouse operation, you know, where equipment is sitting idle, it's broken, it's down. Those are obvious things. But when you work in these environments, there are little things that we call like minor stops, uh, minor issues that, you know, they're seconds, a minute at most, that don't get captured because they're not the big things. And so that data is where the value really comes from and understanding what is happening, why is it happening, so that you can figure out what you can do to eliminate it and therefore get another significant improvement in your performance. All right. And so technology plays a lot of roles in this, from my perspective. All right. And as you look at this, there's this belief out there that we should put sensors on everything and collect. All this data, right? And if you've paid any attention in this space, you've seen everything from it started, you know, years ago with, well, you got to have a data warehouse. A few years ago, it became a data lake. You know, now as then it became a data ocean. And I think I've heard now on occasion like data universe. Okay. (laughs) So we got all this data. Well, how do you process that data? What does it really mean? I can have a lot of data doing a lot of analytics and not have it tell me anything because it has no influence on the business process or the manufacturing process or the supply chain process that we're trying to deal with, right? So we got to take a practical approach to this. And so to me, it's really about how do I start to understand what are the levers that I need to be looking at in my business and in my business processes. I go back to the Six Sigma concept of the F of X, right? And what that says is there are different variables that you need to understand that truly change the performance of a process. You have to be strategic and go through systems thinking and take a very problem-solving approach to understanding what really is going to matter and what can I do with it?
0: And I'm glad you touched on kind of business processes and operations there, because um, I want to touch on how technology kind of playing the playing a big role in that and kind of being hand in hand with data and how, how exactly does technology, how is it leveraged in order to, you know, reach these goals, for example, being more efficient and effective as a supply chain um, and manufacturing business?
1: Well, technology plays roles in this from a lot of different perspectives, right? Um, If you think about from business processes uh, and what can be done around robotic process automation, RPA, uh, things around issuing POs, auto match, right, of invoices, freight invoices, things of that nature that a lot of these processes now can just be automated and conducted without the, the need for individuals interacting with these process automations, right? So that's one element. I think the second element of this is um, looking at where you can apply robotics and other types of automation to help address what I call non-value added activity or work in your processes. So if you think about supply chain in a warehouse, The majority of the time, a person is typically driving a fork truck or a forklift or walking an aisle from location to location to actually pick the product that they need for that order, right? That walking time is, in our parlance, non-value-added, right? Value-added is it actually transforms material into a product or data into information or a service that the customer is willing to pay for and it's done right the first time. So, one of the great uses of technology in supply chain space is what Amazon has done with the Kiva robots where they those robots are actually bringing the the items and the shelves with those items on them to the packing station. So no longer is an individual walking around trying to get all this. The robot's taking care of that. And the real value add, which is taking that product and putting it into a box so that it can be shipped to you as an end user is where the focus is, all right? I think then you have the pieces around, how do I capture data? Look, I, I IOT and IOT capabilities today, If you think about what's going on, being able to understand, for example, for perishable items, is the container that your items on, is it actually being held at the right temperature for the four week journey across the ocean? (laughs) And sometimes now it's a little bit longer. Um, if you look at what's going on with the COVID vaccines, some of, you know, these things require very controlled environments, having those sensors there to be able to understand whether or not we are maintaining temperature and therefore the quality of the vaccine is critical, right? So there's lots of different things that are happening and and interesting dynamics that are going on to, you know, even as far as supplier visits, right? In the past, companies used to send people to their suppliers all around the globe. Well, they're now, because we've gotten so used to doing Zoom and Teams and WebExes, whatever tool a company may use, we're finding that these technologies are now being used to actually conduct visits. Um, And therefore, no travel is required to go see them. So lots of things are changing and and what's going on.
0: Um, And following from your last point, I kind of wanted to ask about um, the impact that COVID has had on the innovation of technology and the adoption of technology and if um businesses and companies are now seeking out technology um because it is essential in kind of these times because you you know in terms of uh, safety measures and social distancing and everything that's happening um or was more prevalent last year perhaps but you know how has technology been leveraged and do you believe that COVID was actually a catalyst for um, innovation in this in this sense?
1: Um, I, I think it was one of the catalysts, to, to be honest with you. Um, what I think is really changing, let's step back to a little bit higher level around supply chain um, and supply chain strategy. And then we can talk about how technology is going to be uh, impacted as a part of that what we're finding now is that you you hear terms like resiliency, right? I need to build a resilient supply chain. Um, What that means to people can be different, but what we're seeing is, is that means, you know, the whole model before was really around low cost providers. Where could I get the lowest cost quality and have it delivered, right? What has happened, is between what started with the previous administration with tariffs on certain items, and then the pandemic that came into play. What we're finding is is resilience means you need to think about how to manage risk in your supply chain, right? And so there's this new element that's around risk. And how do you put a value on risk? Well, we, we have some pretty easy ways to put value on risk right now. You can look at every miss sale, every expedited piece of freight that you had to spend as a cost or a way to put a value on risk, right? Now, that's not to say that uh, that means we need to run out and put inventory everywhere. It means we need to rethink how we set up our supply chains and then how we optimize the use of those supply chains, right? To me, part of that is, is you cannot have one single source of your product in one geography. You need to be able to spread that around to be able to minimize risk, right? Toyota was very good at this. When I worked in the automotive industry in my past life, um, before I got into consulting, they always had two suppliers for the same part. One was got 80% of the volume, the other got 20 well, guess what? If one of them had an issue, you always had additional capacity at the other. And so they minimize the risk of disruption at that time for certain products by doing that. Right. Now, what does that mean? Right. Well, you now need technology that is one helping you understand where are these suppliers? Where are the potential risk? what does that mean? How do I optimize? Because now not everything is going to be coming from a low cost country or provider. I have different, different sources of the supply, which have different cost. So how do I optimize the mix of where things are coming from? How much of the inventory I need, where? And so you're seeing a lot now around what I would call optimization tools. Um, that can help both from a network perspective of your overall supply chain, but then also from an inventory perspective, um, so that you can do a lot of what if modeling. I think there are other things that are around, uh, you know, again, we're going to see more technology coming forward because of what has happened now this past year, but what also started with tariffs in the previous administration people have to start thinking about how to optimize their supply chain. To be honest, our perspective is, and my perspective is, and we're helping organizations really think through this is most organizations don't really know their total supply chain cost. They know their total landed cost, but they don't know their total supply chain cost. For example, They probably don't include the cost of the resources who are having to deal with all the exception messages of issuing POs that are coming out of their MRP. They may not even know how many exception messages they get. So there's some different perspectives I see brewing right now in in this, and that is got to get a better understanding of our total cost. Technology can help do that. We need to figure out how to optimize that cost while minimizing risk. And you'll see many companies today saying, well, minimizing risk means just putting more inventory in place. Well, that's great, but there's an investment there that you need to understand, does that make sense? Right? I think technology, these optimization tools will all help with that. I think the other one that's out there, um, quite frankly, that hasn't hit businesses as much but I think it's coming is more things around tracking where your actual product or order is and the examples I use um, you know here in the States we have DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats right So you can actually go online, order food from this restaurant, have it delivered to your home. What's interesting is that they are notifying me, if you use the service and others, you can either get a text message sent to you that the driver is at the restaurant picking up your food, so then you have some rough idea of how long it's going to take them to get to your home. They'll actually notify that you, when they're approaching your home, and they could, well, if you have the hands free, you know, handoff, leave it at the door, checked. Once it's left at the door, you'll get another text message telling you that your food's at the door. So that level of notification of where your product is and what you acquired that we see a lot on the consumer side, I think is going to evolve more and more into the B2B side.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really interesting that um, we have a similar service as well. And it, it is it is funny how much they tell you and how much you get sent about, and you know, just a, your dinner that's arriving. But um, when you kind of scale that out into larger, you know, business, industry-wide kind of um, scale, it, it makes a huge difference. And it kind of comes back to data and kind of transparency in that sense, which I think is really interesting. Um, Something I wanted to ask is kind of along the lines of risk management, um, what are your opinions and kind of uh, if you if you kind of um, actually leverage this, but kind of like data analytics, like predictive data analytics, because that's a lot to risk management and kind of um, being able to predict or maybe understand when risks are going to arise and how exactly um, how businesses would would kind of combat that in order to be
1: Resilient. No, I think, look, uh, analytics um, and the whole thing behind um, both, you know, what has happened in the past and then starting to understand what's happening in the future, the predictive world, I I think are key, right? the, The question becomes is what are those things that can identify, right? What are the right predictive analytics that you need to be looking at and thinking about? Um, and so I think the challenge with some of these, which then ties a little bit into AI and artificial intelligence, is there's a lot of data that's required, right, to feed these engines, to teach them how to get to and start to predict things. And so I think the biggest challenge for companies is going to be getting enough of the right data to be able to do things. Um, and have it predict things and tell you something's about to occur. I think it's doable, but I think it's probably going to take some time until we really figure out what's the critical data that you need to make the right kind of predictions, right? I've seen companies do these things and, you know, for example, in in a factory where they're going to, you know, well, something's going out of tolerance. We think something's going to happen, And all they did was start to generate 70 alerts an hour. That's an alert every minute, faster than every minute. So guess what the people that were running the operation and the supervisors and the managers started doing? They started ignoring all those. So the whole value of what they were trying to achieve by capturing some of the data just got tossed away because it went too far and it was not actionable. So I think that's gonna be our, the biggest challenge for people as they go through this. Is it doable? Absolutely. I think it's a matter of how you get there, the approach that you take to think about what matters, and then be pragmatic about it. I, I'll use a term called proven move, right? Instead of running out and trying to do everything and solve world hunger and, you know, create the most efficient global supply chain in the world, um, let's start with something that's small. Let's prove that we can do it. Let's grow that. Let's take the next step, build upon it. And it's a little bit like, um, you know, if you get involved with testing and problem solving or even some things around um, Six Sigma, it's really a design of experiments. So here's the first data set. Here's what we're going to look at. What does it tell us? Okay, we know what that means. Now let's add some more data here are the five things that we're going to add, what changes, right? Because most people, when they try to go after this, are being told to get all this data, just capture it all, and then feed it into these engines. It's not that simple.
0: And following from that, I kind of wanted to touch on um, what, has to change for these emerging technologies to be kind of industry-wide and accepted um so kind of um what factors is it is it you know people's mindset is it the knowledge is there fear around these technologies and just kind of actually understanding and then wanting to implement them so yeah i was just wondering your kind of opinions on that really
1: (laughs) well you know Everybody's seen the Terminator movie, so there's a a fear of Skynet, right? (laughs) But um, uh, All kidding aside, uh, to me, first, I think it's knowledge and understanding, right? Um, And there's past history. So executives and leaders of businesses really need to be, have to understand what it is you're trying to do, what is the benefit that it's going to bring, and what can it do to fix a business problem? What is it going to do to either grow revenue or improve profitability? That's what this is about. Any leader, business leader will tell you it's those are the, those, if it doesn't do one of those two things, it doesn't matter, right? For public companies, that means driving earnings per share and share price. Okay. What has happened is is way too many executives have gotten burnt in the past around by these technology promises. Oh, yes, this, you put this in place, this will fix all your issues. And it doesn't, right? So there's a bit of a history behind this of technology is going to fix these problems and it doesn't, that you have people become leery. And I, I, I still use this example today about and I don't understand why most ERP solutions, if not all, cannot tell a customer service or a sales rep that a customer has ordered outside of their normal order patterns, right then and there. So this customer is normally ordering 20 a week. All of a sudden they order 100. Well, is it just because they wanted to place one PO and have it delivered in 20 unit increments? Did they have a significant change in their demand? And it's just a, or is it a one-time event. And, you know, it throws everybody into a tizzy. And manufacturing is like, well, we don't have capacity for that. But if we know up front why that they actually ordered outside of their pattern, then I can have a discussion with the customer about what's going on now i'm i'm starting to use the data starting to gather insights that i can now start bringing into models of forecasting and so you know that gets to the next piece which is then quite frankly the data right are we capturing the right data number one number two is there there is insights that come from speaking with your customers with your suppliers And so data is not going to be able to identify all of those things. There are just certain things that you're going to get from interaction with people. But the data can help guide those discussions, right? And and I think, you know, again, it's back to what are the right things to measure. So we got to go back to the basics when we do these things with technologies. What is the f of x? right, what parameters really affect the performance of our processes and our businesses. How are we going to measure them, what is it going to tell us, and what increment do I need to measure it, right, because yes, the computing power that's out there today is monstrous, it's it's amazing what can be done and how fast it can be done. Just look at iPhones, right. And the fact that, you know, iPhones and iPads, and those things have been around for not much more than 15 years. Um, and you look at the power and how much they've changed over time. Look at the the camera technology in these things. It's still, it, that is happening in all realms of technology. Uh, that's the interesting thing. It's creating new opportunities for us. But I think we have to be practical about how we look at it, how we think about it. And what is it going to really do for our business?
0: Yeah, and I I think it's really uh, interesting to kind of want to touch on the future and kind of um, the current situation of like Industry 4.0 and maybe the future uh, following on from this. So I wanted to ask what direction do you and Deploy Solutions kind of see yourself heading in the current Industry 4.0 space? Obviously, we've we've covered um, a lot of topics that kind of fall under the industry 4.0 umbrella. I'm kind of wondering um, if you could just expand on that and kind of touch on the future here slightly.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I think if you look at what's going on, um, obviously with Deploy, uh, the abilities that we have today around analytics um, and the capabilities around um, IIoT, bringing that into analytical engines, being able to tie that back to an actual operational or financial performance metric, right, is is pretty powerful. I I think some other places that we're we're gonna see this go, and it's interesting, we're starting to kind of coin this term. It's been out there, some other people have used it, we're calling it Lean 4.0. It's really the intersection of lean, or continuous improvement with Industry 4.0, and driving value for a business. And so, helping organizations look at what data should they capture. What technology should they use? What's the right sequence to put these things in? I, I, you know, I, the, the analytics piece and all that is all underway right now and companies need to be taking advantage of this and getting to this predictive analytics piece. Um, I think where it gets interesting is there's some other automation that they should be, if they have not considered things like the Kiva robots for material handling, or where, where there's activities that are non value added. I should look at how do I automate that. I think you're gonna find that um, coming out of COVID, people are thinking, well, I I wanna go with the lights out factory um, and have everything automated. That's great. I think it's gonna be a little difficult um, depending on your products. I think some of them can do it, others will not. Um, But where I see a lot of value in right now is some technologies that are around what I would call video standard work. And, you know, everybody is struggling right now with absenteeism, turnover, not enough people on their staffs. So we're going through this continuous cycle of having to hire people and onboard them and train them. And what happens is when you onboard and train, most companies I've seen, you're going to take one of your better people, and make them train this individual. So now you've dropped the productivity of one of your best people by having them teach this other individual. So these new technologies where I can take video, create training off of those videos that and standard work or standard operating procedures of here's exactly what you do. And we can time it. You can start to measure people's performance. And see how they are coming up the learning curve it is a great opportunity of a use of a technology that can run from, a, I call it a very simple, you know, Chevy or Opal. Um, if we think Europe to, right, I've got the Bentley to then I've got the, the Lamborghini, Ferrari top end line. There are solutions up and down that bandwidth that we've been seeing. And I think it's a matter of what works for your organization. I think. From there, um, virtual reality or augmented reality, right, is becoming more prevalent in the gaming world. Um, there are some large companies who have been playing with this, um, but part of the challenges with this is motion sickness for the users. Um, so, well, you know of a client who was doing a very big initiative with uh, in their service group uh, overhaul and repair part of their business and they were using um, Google Glasses to help look at and do augmented reality and the problem was is everybody kept getting motion sickness and dizzy and nauseated so I think as time goes on there's going to be more that comes from that where you're going to be able to have maybe that video standard work is going to pop up on some kind of device that can be seen right there, transparent looking at wiring tracing diagrams or the way pipes should flow through something, um, I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see that those devices are going to become also more used in a supply chain perspective from a receiving um, and stocking scanning type of activities where I'm not going to have to have a handheld type of device to do it. It's going to be based on me visually looking at something. Um, and then I think that, you know, the other one that's out there that um, I think has great potential is blockchain. Um, blockchain is just another evolution of what was the old lot tracing that many organizations used to have to do and, you know, and still have to do, quite frankly, you know, particularly when you think about food, when you think about metals, things of that nature um, that go into regulated products such as. Automobiles, aircrafts, um, pharmaceuticals, in our vaccines, right? Those types of activities. Um, So I I think we're going to find that there's going to be more um, use of a blockchain or something similar to blockchain um, to help bring and communicate that information along the supply chain.
0: I think it's really fascinating um you touching on kind of VR and AR there um from a personal standpoint I've recently started doing an online course learning about VR because it's one of them technologies that um I think is is not really like spoken about enough um so I'm from a personal standpoint I'm really glad you brought that out because in terms of training and kind of in a business place I think it can be really efficient and um obviously productive because it's it's very um, immersive and kind of stimulating. So I I think like that's a really exciting point. Um, But I just kind of wanted one last question really, um, just before we kind of wrap things up. Um, Where do you see the future for kind of um, deploy in terms of kind of your technology solutions? And do you have any kind of further plans or anything you'd you'd be willing to share?
1: Well, I think we are continuing to evaluate all of these areas, um, we are trying to build an ecosystem of partners. Um, you know, look, from a deploy solution standpoint, um, there are s- solutions out there that we can partner with. Uh, for example, with this visual standard work that we can actually uh, looked at and have integrated it. Um, so, you know, I think we're looking at what are the things that we think can drive value for businesses and for clients. Um, in their operations and across their supply chain operations so um, there's lots of different things we're looking at we've been approached by a lot of different people of different technologies and solutions and in some cases they seem like they're a solution looking for a problem uh, versus a solution for a problem Uh, and so we're trying to sort through that and and figure out what makes sense Um, but i think you're going to see that we will continue to evolve our tool um, and bring in more and more capabilities um, that make sense, right? I mean, I think if we step back a little bit around what's kind of the whole challenge around some of this, and we've seen it with our implementation of Deploy solutions in our clients. I think there's two challenges that we really haven't spoken about yet, and that is people and geographies, okay? So when you think about people, you've got to make sure that you have people who are capable of doing this type of work. Number one, capable of dealing with these types of technologies, capable of understanding what these technologies bring to the table and then how to use them. The second biggest challenge Particularly when this comes to a supply chain perspective and you know one of the trends that I failed to mention just a, a second ago is This concept of the digital twin, right the supply chain digital twin um, and so the, the Challenge with this is I don't know how many people have tried to do zoom or WebEx calls or teams calls with someone in China It's very challenging right I joke a little bit that China not only has a great wall, they have a great firewall Um, because it's challenging to have your systems work and to get data from these different organizations if those are your suppliers there. You start going to other countries in Southeast Asia and their infrastructure is not as good. This has been a, a, a traditional problem with EDI. The the suppliers just don't have the the capabilities. Uh, So that to me is one of two of the other two big challenges behind the future for us. But I think there are things that will over time, they will be overcome and it's going to continue to evolve and grow. We'll see it become more and more common in industry. Some of these more advanced technologies over time. Um, But let's just say Skynet is still a few decades away from us
0: amazing thank you um i'd just like to say thank you for kind of uh joining me for this conversation i really appreciate it and uh your amazing insights are always always appreciated so um yeah just to wrap things up um thank you for coming on today i kind of hope this podcast is a space for all leaders to kind of listen and uh uh, learn more about the supply chain and kind of gather opinions and insights, which is what we're all here for. So I'd like to thank you, Ken, for coming on. Um, Yeah, I really hope we can kind of continue this conversation across LinkedIn and, and keep it keep it going as always.
1: Great. Thank you, Emily.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.